In many ways, it was the perfect week for the Minnesota Wild. They go 3-0, they make a bunch of moves during the trade deadline week, and they look pretty darn good against the Calgary Flames. We recap all of that and preview the week ahead today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find Lockdown Wild on all of your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we talk about the new additions for the Minnesota Wild looking pretty good so far in their first few games with the team. We'll recap a perfect week, preview a busy week ahead, and much more. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and joining us for another Victory Micheletti Monday is Alex Micheletti, and it was a perfect week, Alex, in a lot of ways. Trade deadline, very active, got a second-round pick for Jordan Greenway, and the team looked pretty good throughout the week and then kind of kicked it into a different gear uh, once all the moves were made. Yeah, everything's worked out for Bill Guerin again. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, he said he was going to be active. Uh, he might have, you know, said that uh, we're not going to do anything like he told his wife. And then, and then he had a full day uh, of, of, of trades. Uh, and he basically he got the last trade to go through on trade deadline too, getting John Klingberg. <laughs> so it was like icing on the cake there. Um, yeah, this, this team... <laughs> You just never know what you're going to get week to week. You know, it's just, you know, it, it, one week it looks like, you know, the sky's falling. And then the next, you know, they're pushing their way to be the, you know, the number one team in the central, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, they watch out the rest of the rest of the division here. Um, and, uh, it's full, full go ahead. Uh, you know, trying to secure that, uh, playoff spot officially. And, and it's funny because I remember us talking about the Tanner Janot trade and how it's like, boy, if that's going to be the going rate for a, a trade that could help you out, I don't know if we necessarily want to get involved and then Garen makes five trades and uh, gets a second-round pick for Jordan Greenway, but also finds ways to add veterans to the lineup without mortgaging future assets couple of the trades that he did use the picks that he got for being a broker for other deals. And so you look at what he was able to add without using any first-round picks, without using any major prospects. The prospects that were traded away were guys that weren't going to re-sign here. I I mean, it's hard to really do all the things that Garen did while also bringing in a high pick in return. It, I, I thought he did a really good job with the deadline considering all these different parameters and and not straying from them uh, throughout the week. Yeah, it's worked out so, so far so good, you know, and uh, 
that uh, you know, I said it on Twitter too. The Greenway trade. I mean, it came at the perfect time too because um, you know it cleared you know that three million, um, and you know they can use it for for other assets that they're going to have to resign, or you know um, there might be some more trades this summer. You know, uh, you know, Kalen Addison might be you know might be done here as well. Um, you just you know, um with with the trade for Klingberg, it looks like um you know Mr. Addison's not gonna be joining the lineup anytime soon unless they decide to rotate. Um, you know, but uh you know, it seems like Klingberg is kind of his direct replacement uh, for the end of the season here and going into the playoffs. So yeah, it's uh it's gonna be <laughs> very active uh summer, even though people don't think it is. It it, it truly is. Um so yeah, it'll be fascinating to see uh, what's next? Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this team approaches a lot of different things. But you look at the Jordan Greenway trade and the money that that frees up. Michael Russo had thrown out um, earlier in the week. Somebody had asked what the number might be for Philip Gustafson for an annual value in an extension. He said 2.8. So if you want to look at a direct effects of being able to move Greenway and having Buffalo take the whole contract without retaining anything, probably going to end up leading to Philip Gustafson being re-signed. And so really nothing short of a huge win in that department. Yeah, it's huge. And, you know, Jordan Greenway was a second round pick too. So you're basically getting that back and, uh, you know, in a deep, deep draft. I mean, let Judd Brackett go to work, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's nice to have one of the top evaluators in, in the league uh, too, who assembled the, you know, the top prospect pool in the league, according to the athletic. Um, so, ah, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to see what they can use with those two picks that they got for Mr. Greenway. And, uh, yeah, um, there's lots, lots of other important decisions. Uh, we mentioned Addison's name, uh, getting Gus resigned. Uh, figure out if they want to, you know, bring back Freddie Goudreau. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's and then we'll see if Flurry, uh, you know, Flurry retires. Um, do you have Wallstead be the backup, or do you bring in another veteran? Um, you know, so lots of lots of fun decisions to discuss um, coming. I would be remiss if I didn't mention, as president of his fan club, Brandon Duhame's going to need a new contract. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about him in a little bit, but I did want to finish this first segment just asking with Marcus Johansson and John Klingberg, who we've seen so far, the ex- expectation is that we'll see Oscar Sundquist this week. He had some travel issues that prevented him from getting from Detroit to uh, Calgary. So, and then we you've, of course, got Gustav Nyquist, who is um, going to be a guy that hopefully gets into the lineup before the season is over. Who do you think has had the better debut so far? We've seen two games for Johansson. We saw Klingberg come in um, against the Flames. Ironically, it was a plus three. Uh, <laughs> which player has had the bigger impact uh, so far of the two? Yeah, I mean, Johansson, uh, you know, they didn't score uh, in his debut, um, but, uh, you know, they had some good scoring opportunities. Um, and then, you know, they they get it going, uh, you know, versus Calgary. And uh, 
I think, uh, you know, that, that really had a effect on Boldy's game, um, you know, cause then he ended up scoring later. Um, finally, you know, it took a month. Um, so yeah, it was nice to see, you know, the thing with Johansson is, um, can it be consistent? Um, so we'll see if he, you know, if it can continues, uh, he at least has f- familiarity with this team and a lot of the players that were on it in his first stint. Um, so, you know, hopefully he can keep it going. You know, I think ideally, um, they want Nyquist to fill that spot when, when he's healthy. So, um, you know, he's a good placeholder and then, you know, you can move Johansson. He's kind of a player where you can play him on any of the lines yeah. really. Um, so that's, that's the good thing about him too, is his vers- versatility. You know, he has some size and he can, he can skate pretty, pretty well for, for a big dude. Um, you know, and he's just got to stay healthy and yeah, I think he had a really big effect, uh, you know, on that Calgary game and, you know, Klingberg, he looked really good with John Merrill. Um, so, um, yeah, everybody was really concerned, uh, about his defensive, <laughs> and, uh, you know, measures or, you know, stats. Um, but, you know, I think we have to take into effect that he was playing on a awful Anaheim team. Uh, yeah. you know, it's the same thing with Gustafson when he was with Ottawa, Ottawa's defense has improved obviously with the moves they've made recently, but, uh, you know, it's nowhere near, you know, the defensive system that the wild run. Um, and so, you know, they can protect his minutes, um, you know, and, you know, and so far so good off the one game for Klingberg when you're plus three. So, yeah, it, it really worked out well um, for both of those guys. Um, I, I was impressed really after kind of downplaying the Johansson acquisition, um, I think he's looked really good over the the two games that he's played. Now, as you you hit it right on the head. It's about keeping it going and uh, and being consistent. But um, should have probably gotten the goal, but then it went to Jewel Erickson Eck, and then Matt Boldy scored one too. So two goals for that line. Um, can't ask for any more than that. Uh, and an opportunity to essentially douse any hope that the Flames have for. Uh, the postseason coming up here this week and a couple of other big games as well. And so we will both take a look back, take a a look forward as well as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wilds after this. Our next partner is a product I use on a everyday basis. I started taking AG1 because it helps you simplify your vitamin and supplement routine. All you need is one delicious scoop of AG1 and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Best of all, it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 is a small micro-habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health. And arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to help you look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. We had a banger of a week for the trade deadline, just a ton of listens, and so appreciate everybody taking the time to tune in every day and making Lockdown Wild your first choice with all of the Minnesota Wild news and notes throughout the season. Seth Topol joined by Alex McLeddy for today's McLeddy Monday. And uh, let's take a look at the upcoming schedule for the Wild here this week. Calgary, Tuesday night, then at Winnipeg. So a rare back-to-back for the Minnesota Wild. And for like the 90th time this year, the Flames will be on the second night of a back-to-back. And so the Wild have avoided a ton of back-to-backs this year while playing teams that essentially are always on the back end, which is just the most bizarre scheduling quirk that I think is possible. And so you go Tuesday hosting Calgary, Wednesday at Winnipeg, Saturday at San Jose, Sunday at Arizona. So an opportunity to really both put one team away to create some distance in the case of Winnipeg, And then a couple of games back-to-back on the West Coast against teams you should beat. Yeah, I mean, you should win three out of the four at least. Um, uh, Arizona just is an awful team. San Jose, I mean, Capo gave up eight goals the other day. Um, They left them in, you know, just um, (laughs) – I I have no idea what that team is, you know – they have no hope uh, unless they get Bedard um, or Fantilli. Um, and if they don't, you know, then it's just, you know, they're stuck because they have, you know, veterans on long-term deals that they seem to can't get, you know, rid of, <laughs> you know, Eric Carlson, <laughs> Couture, Hurdle, all those guys. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's tough. Um, and Calgary, they just seem like, you know, they're, we, that the wild sucked the life out of them, you know, the other night. Um, and then Winnipeg, you know, who knows with Winnipeg, they're just all over the place. Um, you know, they, they, you know, they had a back to back against Edmonton and the first night they get, you know, clobbered and then they went a crazy game the next day, you know, seven, five. Um, so, um, yeah, you just never know what you're going to get with that uh, team. They, uh, they can score a ton of goals, uh, you know, they have a Norris uh, candidate and Josh Morrissey who had, you know, two the other night. Um, so, yeah, should, you know, should be an intense game. Uh, the, that rivalry continues to grow with, with Winnipeg. And, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I, I think if you can get three out of four, that's a home run of a week. Um, the Jets have three wins in their last ten games, uh, two wins in their last nine and the losses are just hideous. I mean, 3-1 to one loss to Columbus back on the 16th. 4-2 to two loss to the Devils, not bad. Then beat the Rangers, but then lost 2-1 to one to the Islanders, 5-1 to one to the Avs, 4-0 to the Islanders, 6-5 to five in a shootout to the Kings, then 6-3 to three to the Oilers, and then, yeah, that 7-5 to five, um win over Edmonton and they're falling behind like as soon as puck the puck is dropped in a lot of these games. And so they're having to dig out of deficits, but that just goes to show you that it's 
it's taking Connor Hellebuck a little while to get settled in here over the last, I don't know, ever. Yeah, I mean, you, you take a look at Winnipeg and Dallas. Um, they're relying so much on their goaltending um, to get them through. Um, and, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I think, you know, both of them, you know, might be getting tired out here. Um, just <laughs> they're having to do so much in that. Um, and, you know, look at Hellbuck. He, uh, <laughs> he had to play both, you know, games back to back because they don't trust Riddick as their backup. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, of course, no one does. Um, so, you know, it's, but, it, you know, it makes, yeah, you don't want to over, you know, exert your, your goal, goalie, especially with the playoffs coming up. And, you know, look at Colorado. They lost to Seattle um, last night and they had to use Gorgiev, you know, again, because they don't have a backup either. Jeez. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough, <laughs> tough out there. Uh, for these teams. Um, and you know, it, you have to keep your goalie healthy. Um, because if not, uh, good luck, um, you know, trying to get far in the playoffs. Um, and you know, the playoffs seem, you know, it's like a war of attrition. You know, you just hope, hope to be uh, more healthier than the other team. Uh, it, it doesn't even matter sometimes how well you're playing. It's just health. If you, uh, especially, um, when it comes to goalie, the most important, uh, position in the game. Yeah, and you bring up a great point about the Calgary Flames, and I I noticed that and mentioned it in the uh, the post game. Uh, man, those fans were booing loudly to the point that Daryl Sutter after the game was like, "I'd boo too," and it just it really seems like that team is in a situation where the vibes are just completely dead. They looked lifeless for the most part uh, against the Wild, and that was on the road, a place that the Wild have struggled all time. And now they're going to flip around and they're going to come to the XL Energy Center, a place that uh, is going to allow the Wild to dictate lines. Could you get dicey? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you look at that team. Uh, you know they made that giant trade to get Hubadrow in and Weger, um, and it really hasn't worked out. You know, um, Hubadrow has twelve goals. That's you know for uh, the amount of money that he's you know making. That, that you know just is it's not working with Daryl Sutter. Um, and you know they they signed Kadri too, um, and he's really underperformed. Now I don't know if it's. I don't think his talent's gone down. It's just the system is, is not, you know, great for, you know, uh, you know, offensive minded guys like that, uh, that want to be free flowing and, um, you know, high intensity, high attack. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, I don't think, it, you know, uh, they can go with him long-term as, as head coach there. Um, yeah. <laughs> otherwise you're going to have agents <laughs> demanding trades. Uh, you know, Alan Walsh you know, is just all <laughs> over Twitter after every flames loss. Um, and, you know, you got to just take advantage of a team that's in chaos right now. And they also aren't getting the goaltending now, you know, there was goalies available, you know, they could have, you know, like Vegas, Vegas got quick there. Um, and I'm, I'm just shocked that, you know, they didn't attempt to get a goalie anywhere. Um, you know, because Markstrom, 
uh, he's fighting it really hard, and Ladar is nothing special no. uh, as the backup. Uh, so, yeah, they uh, that lost to the Wild the other night. Uh, that pretty much daggered their hopes um, because you know, they're so far behind still. Yeah, Colorado has games in hand. They are. If I if I have it correct, they're behind Nashville, who sold at the deadline. That's how bad things are going for Calgary, and their their record in one run, uh, one run, one goal games. I think is thirteen, twelve, and twelve, which is hideous. Um, I'm looking at Arizona's schedule. Did we? Did they put something in the the punch bowl for the schedule makers? Because listen to this: starting on March twenty second. The Coyotes play at Edmonton, then at Colorado, then they host Colorado, then they host Edmonton, and then they finish the season playing three of their final five games against Seattle. (laughs) That makes no sense. You know, I don't know if there's, you know, know, that's going to be really good for them with Connor Bedard in their eye. Um, and they're, you know, right in front of them. Uh, but they continue to play teams weirdly. Like they, last night they played, you know, New Jersey and they took New Jersey to overtime and then they basically let New Jersey win like immediately over in overtime. They remembered what, what they're playing for. (laughs) Uh, a month ago today, they beat the wild three, two at home. So don't take them lightly, but Yeah, it just the schedule's just I, I don't get it. Um Yeah, the back to back you know non you know just what is going on it's with just, that with that. Just but bizarre. Take advantage, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, I, that's all you can do. Uh we'll finish today's show by just um talking some more trade deadline. I want to look at the Western Conference and some of the moves that we saw. We've got a complimentary episode coming out later today uh, with Johnny Lazarus of um, a few different outlets, Bleacher Report, Open Ice, and he's also a host of the Blue Crew podcast to talk more Eastern Conference. But we'll finish talking Western Conference uh, here to finish today's episode of Locked on Wilds after this. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Well, you have got to give Built Bar a try. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. They also come in some unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I don't know how Built Bar keeps doing it, but these bars are so healthy for you. They contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Best of all is you no longer need to wait to grab yourself a box. You can head to your local Walmart or Sam's Club to pick up a box of Built Bars today. If you don't have one handy, you can always head to Built.com. But either way, make sure you get your hands on some amazing Built Bars and get your snacking started today. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thanks for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Seth Topol and Alex McLeddy rounding things out here today, talking about the Western Conference. Now, a lot of moves, to say the least. 
uh, having players head to the Eastern Conference. But there were a couple of other moves made. Uh, Dallas with a couple of depth moves, including Max Domi. I did go down the rabbit hole because no, no shock here was banging the drum for Max Domi quite loudly um, and just was um, not really sure as to why the Wild didn't really give him a, um, a bigger look to potentially fill that second-line spot. He gets penalized a ton, and his de- defensive metrics are not good. And so I answered my own question. I did homework and uh, figured out why. And so if Marcus Johansson continues to provide some speed on that line, I, uh, I'm i all right with that. But I do have to say, of all the places for Domi to go, Dallas just had to be the Dallas Stars. Yeah, the, <laughs> the one place we did not need him to go to. Um, but, uh, you know, that's the, that's the national for you. I mean, just... You're gonna have to deal with these teams uh, at some at some point. Uh, you know, if you you know play them in the first round or um, you know advance to the second round, you're gonna run into them eventually. So uh, you know, bring it on, right? Um, and so, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, I'm super excited. I'm really looking forward to Oscar Sunquist too, because um, he can play a little center. Um, so um, see if he can <laughs> can help the the center position with the Wild. Um, you know, here and he's won a Stanley cup in the past. Um, so he knows what it takes to, to win. Um, so I'm, you know, so far so good with the additions, uh, you know, that I played already, um, and hoping to see Oscar, uh, you know, bring the same mentality, mentality, uh, coming, uh, to the wild here. Yeah. And he's, he's, a a physical guy, a sandpaper kind of guy. And so mm-hmm. you, you figure he would, um, you figure he'd fit naturally with, uh, Marcus Foligno and uh, you know Freddie Goudreau can play wing, and then I think what you do for that fourth line is Brandon Duhame, Connor Dewar, and Ryan Reeves, and you have a lineup that has guys on every line that just make things difficult for you. Whether it be Jewel Eriksson Ek, whether it be Ryan Hartman, whether it be Brandon Duhame, Marcus Foligno, and you know with Foligno too. I I had wondered what was going on with him recently, and then it turns out that he has been battling an injury or two, gets a day off, looks much better uh, against the Flames. And so keeping guys healthy, having the depth to do it, keeping guys healthy is going to be huge for this team down the stretch as we uh, get close to the playoffs. I think Money Puck had the Wilds' odds of a postseason spot at 92% the last time I looked. So it's looking likely that uh, postseason will happen. And so make sure everybody's healthy and ready to rock once we get there. Yeah, I mean, you you brought up a good point. You can maybe uh, rotate in some guys here near the end uh, of the regular season um, once you know for sure that you're going to be in the playoffs securely um, and rest a guy like Jonas Brodin, which they're kind of doing right now. Um, and, uh, you know, and we saw what, um, how well it worked with Marcus Felino coming out and then coming back in. Um, and so, yeah, you have that luxury when you have the, 
the depth, um, as Anson Carter would call it. Um, and yeah, so uh, it'll be, be interesting here. Um, I, I did want to ask about Jonathan Quick. You mentioned he went to the Vegas Golden Knights after the Los Angeles Kings sent him out the door really with no advanced warning whatsoever. And so I guess that leads me to push for the standings to stay as they are for Seattle to get the number one seed so that we can get a first-round series that includes the Vegas Golden Knights and the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, that would be the most ideal, (laughs) Um, you know, just – you know, they, they, they seem to play really well against the Kings. Um, and then Vegas, um, I, you know, I just think it's a good matchup, um, for them, uh, you know, different, it's a different Vegas team than what they've played in, in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I think going up against those Pacific teams would, uh, would be a lot more ideal for sure. Kings sweep and quick gets a shutout in every game. That'd be something, but right? that that won't happen. But no. um, if anything, I just would like for the Kings this year to have as chaotic of a uh, postseason run as they had last year, where it just every game was just absolutely bonkers, and then they end up losing. It's like, well, you had fun at least. Maybe you did. Yeah, I don't know. That, <laughs> that was tough, tough for them. Uh uh, but you know, now that they have Fiala um, too, who's just been having an amazing year, we'll see if he's uh, if he's on the milk carton again for the playoffs. You know, um, you know, I hope uh, for his sake that his uh, legacy is just not you know regular season come come to the playoffs and then you know just disappears every year. Happy um, to so. be here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So this is. Uh, you know, this is a huge year for his uh, his legacy as a player. Um, you know, and we'll see. Um, you know, if he can get it done or not. The funny thing, too, just to to wrap up, is that you know, as as we look at this postseason picture, and you look at the number of teams that just tapped out at the deadline, and Calgary being essentially the only team that really didn't, but they only made minor upgrades at the deadline and now even have fallen further behind than they currently were. And so you look at it with the wild and second in the central and save the Winnipeg jets or I guess Nashville. It's, it's hard to find a team at this point that could catch and push the wild out of the playoff picture because Nashville is six points back, uh, 10 points back at the wild. I beg your pardon. They sold at the deadline. Calgary minorly bought their 11 points back. Then St. Louis has 59 points. They very much sold and uh, they have gone into the tank again. And so beyond one or two teams that'll probably fall more out of it as the season goes along. There really isn't anybody else that is fighting for a playoff spot. It's mostly just like the Eastern Conference, just trying to figure out who slots in where. Yeah, I mean, 
Uh, yeah, like we we like we've talked about in this episode. I mean, uh, what a difference a couple of weeks makes, right? Um, we all uh, thought that uh, no chance of, of playoffs for for the Wild, <laughs> and then you know, a couple of weeks later, they're pushing to be for in first um, in the in the in the Central. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, trying to be consistent, um, stay healthy, um, and try to help Kirill Kaprizov. He can't do it all himself. Uh, it was nice to see against Calgary uh, the other night uh, where, you know, he had his first off game in a while and didn't get a single point and they still scored three five on five goals, which <laughs> it's a miracle. Right. Um, and so, um, yeah, it was nice to see that depth uh, show up. Um, nice to see Boldy, uh, get on the score sheet. Uh, he's been pushing to get there. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, just just huge. Uh, and to get scoring from, from different lines other than the top line there. I have a feeling that's going to be a massive goal for him. And so I was super happy to see it, as we all were. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you, you break Felino's goal drought. You break Boldy's goal drought. And... Um, it, it it looked really good. They they looked really good against the Flames, and so just keep that going and uh, keep those points rolling in uh, to get to a hundred points. The Wild need twenty two in the final nineteen games, so you do the math there. You win uh, eleven of those nineteen, which um, I mean, even if you win five of them and go to overtime in six games. Whatever the math ends up being, I definitely did not get the math right right there. But anyway, 22 points to get to 100 in the final 19 games. And I got to feel like that is very doable for this team, considering who they got left. But we'll wait and see what happens. And uh, that, I think, will do it for today's episode. So now that your first listen is done, make sure that you stick around for our second episode of the day where we're talking Eastern Conference trade deadline recap with Johnny Lazarus of the Blue Crew and Bleacher Report Open Ice. So make sure to keep an ear out for that. Make sure you follow along wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be YouTube or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Also make sure to follow us on social media as the Lockdown Wild Name Madness Tournament continues Keep an eye out for the uh, winners so far being posted uh, today as well. All that and more as part of what we have to offer at Lockdown Wild. So follow along and enjoy. We've got new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network.